This week on the Push Ball Legs podcast, I'm joined by coach Andrea Valdez. One. Hi everybody, welcome to the Push for Lays podcast. Um, as you can tell, I'm doing the intro right now because Dan is away celebrity training. Even though in the last episode he said it would be no problem coming on. Um, but we're going to go on anyway because we've managed to pull some strings and get a guest on. And she's joining me now, Andrea Valdez. What's it going on, man? You good? Hi. Yeah, everything's good. Thanks for having me, man. Appreciate it. <laughs> no worries. Basically, we've got to fill Dan's shoes, and you more than adequately fill that, so way more yes. knowledge. <laughs> I don't have celebrity clients, though, but that's okay. They're not real celebrities. Basically, he's gone to Qatar, um, and <laughs> basically, he's just, well, it's awful, right? How was the weather like in, you're in Houston, right? Are you oh, Texas? awesome. Austin. Austin. Three hours okay, yeah. cool. from Houston, but it's awesome. Yeah, awesome. it's like hot in the 80s. Cool. Yes. Oh, wait, that doesn't translate. To <laughs> I don't know what it is for you, but it's warm in a good way. Decent. Um, yeah, well, whereas in England right now, we are, we've are we had um, a mini chill, basically. Um, I'm in London. It's currently snowing. Um, oh, so it's between like minus one and minus six. Uh, it's yeah. not nice. But but basically, it, it was freaky because it was basically 15 degrees on Friday, which could record this on the Sunday. And overnight, it went to zero. Literally, uh, it was 15 degrees on Friday. So I don't know what Fahrenheit that is. 15 degrees Celsius and then freezing is zero. So cold. It jumped down a lot, right? Um, yeah. Which is not cool. Not, absolutely not cool. Um, so what we'd like to do with Andrew on, because uh, basically we go back to episode 26. Obviously, we're at episode 111 right now that we reviewed okay. basically two years ago when Andrew was over in the UK and both me and Dan basically... Uh, went to one of your conferences for 3DMJ and we also had Brad Loomis on. So this is our second 3DMJ coach, which we're very honored. Awesome. Um, guys that we particularly look up to and try to follow a lot of your work. Um, so basically we're going to have a little chat about Andrew's life and where we're, where she's been, where she's sure gone <laughs> and go through. So if you were to summarize yourself right now for the listeners who maybe don't know you, um, give us a go. Okay, <laughs> right now, and I'm thinking of since you came to our our London thing, people yeah. know me via through 3D because I in my head I do a lot of things, but Absolutely. I think everybody knows me through 3D, and we always start there, and that's like the biggest part of my life, or whatever. Right? <laughs> so 3DMJ, like you mentioned, um, we work with natural physique and strength athletes. Uh, we're a coaching service primarily, so it's me and four other gentlemen who are incredible. And my heroes, and way more famous than me, and way more important <laughs> than me. Um, no, but it's uh, Eric Holmes, Jeff Alberts, Alberto Nunez, Brad Loomis. You already mentioned Brad. Um, yep. And they started that in like 2009. I'm the addition since 2015. So I coach athletes there. Um, within that realm, though, uh, as far as coaching, I also host that podcast, 3D Muscle Journey Podcast. Yep. And uh, do like all the operations work for us or whatever, right? And so we also have uh, the Vault, which is an online education platform, video courses and stuff. If your peeps want to check that out, cool. That's 3D. Um, as an athlete, right? I guess we could do that. I'm currently, for the first time in a long time, not competing in anything right now. Uh, but as far as the 3D peeps know me from, like I, I did a 
done figure for, I did like a five year stint there of, of dieting and prepping and showing and stuff like that. Then a little bit of powerlifting for a year and a half, two years. And then last couple years been training in functional fitness. Um, most recently it was for a sport that no longer exists. So I just keep training cause I love it and I'm yeah. not too sure what I'm going to compete in in life, but CrossFit's not it. So I don't know. <laughs> and then, um, separately from that, I like to like write and record podcasts on my own that sort of about fitness cause my homies are fitness and I, and I think about that a lot as far as being an athlete, but it's not like for anything. But so if you want to check that out, y'all can too, but it's just for funsies. Yeah, on, on the uh, on the sport that is no longer a sport because I was reading this about you. So, uh, <laughs> is this something called grid? Yeah. So okay. So the grid league. Um, if you look at a training position, the movements I do, everyone's like, "Oh, she's doing crossfit now." Which I mean, in essence, <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's basically all those things. So I've learned in the past couple of years from scratch Olympic lifting, um, which has been so huge, like the funnest thing ever for me. Um, and then I have a, yeah, I have a, a background in gymnastics. So like I do a lot of bodyweight things and that came a little bit easier in Olympic lifting. Um, I still train strength. Like I, it's not like I still don't squat bench dead, you know? So, um, that's been a weird vibe in my life has been like, uh, right when I started coaching with 3d, I also, as an athlete had this other like non bodybuilding specific endeavor. And it was real like weird for a lot for, I think everyone's like used to it now. Cause the podcast has been going on for so long and I've been a coach for a long time, but that was really weird, uh, I guess, to to explain, to be like, hey, I'm this new coach, but I don't do what they do. Um, <laughs> but, at, but at the same time, I do, right? We're always bodybuilding. Like, I know you're primarily a powerlifter, but yeah. it's like, for life, we all want to get bigger. And I think, yeah, fat. I think like, <laughs> you're always like, I'm going for a phase right now, and all I'm doing is basically either four to five sets of ten. Um that's that's not really true powerlifting. Like I'm just like, yeah. nah, it's coming towards summer. I want to, yeah, look a little bit better. I don't always have to be powerlifting. Um, <laughs> so that's fine. Yeah, I totally get what you mean. But also looking through, I mean, um, looking through your training videos and stuff like that, it does look like maybe you're looking, well, from my perspective, that you, your training is looking way more for enjoyment since you've gone into maybe some of the sport level, some of the, I'm not saying CrossFit because you seem to go away yeah. from using using that phrase. I'm not too sure you're like, it's not CrossFit time, it's grid. And, and it's, uh, no, functional it's not fitness, just so. you. It's, yeah, yeah, it's not just you. It's that, you know what, honest, uh, if I'm being real honest, yeah. I really can't, like, my big thing is I love obviously playing, like you said, for enjoyment. It really, um, oh shoot, you're frozen. Can you hear me? I can hear you. You're good. Okay. okay. Um, and it's like, I love all those things and I really like training like that. The competition style of CrossFit really on a personal level just irritates me, oh, really? but <laughs> like the whole not knowing what you're doing until right before you're doing it. And then yeah. when you are doing it, you're going to go. Like the, honestly, uh, training as a, as a CrossFitter, now that I've actually learned a lot about it, this has been a huge learning experience too. Like a CrossFit class is not the same as how an elite CrossFitter trains and the way an elite CrossFitter trained is so awesome and it's really fun and it's pretty much how I train, but that competition style, I'm like, I don't ever want to compete in that. Like, I don't want to swim in the open water ocean. Yeah. I think that was, the I don't want, like it's, it's becoming wheat real, real <laughs> there's there, like in the CrossFit games here, there was mountain biking. Yeah. 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 The, the, the videos of the mountain biking made it over yeah. here that they were just like, we're like, I don't think they've ever been on mountain bikes before or <laughs> <laughs> there were just guys just piling. Did they have to jump over some like hay bales or some like grass or something like that? And they ended yeah, up just kind of just going like over. There's an obstacle course thing yeah. happening. Yeah. I don't, yeah. I don't, it's not like I disagree with it. I just, I personally 
come from a real controlled sports background, like gymnastics, like you practice a routine for yeah. I did competitive cheerleading for a long time. You practice that routine. Absolutely. Body, you know, and so this whole, like, we're going to throw some shit at you. I'm like, ah, I don't know. I think there was one about three or four years ago as well, like you say, with the swimming. And there's all these massive jacked up dudes that are clearly really strong. But then they were doing, I'm sure it was, it was, basically muscle ups and then you had to do 25 to 50 meters of swimming like pool swimming yeah. and these guys that swimming's a hell of a lot of technique and that's going to get you through all the yeah. time like if you can't swim very well then you, you suck <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yeah so but to yeah to oppose that right i and the reason i got um i always had that opinion but i'm, I'm not gonna lie it was a really like uneducated opinion yeah. it's a little more educated now but um it was like the, the grid league though, when it was going on and for the listeners, it was like, it was, it went for three seasons here in the U S in the second season. I found it and was like, this looks awesome. And it's like sprint based team sports yeah. with functional fitness things. So it's like, you're in an arena. Uh, there's definitely no swim, but it's, it's really high level gymnastics and Olympic lifting for speed. Um, whereas CrossFit, the time domain can be much, much, much longer. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I, I did that and I was, I was 30 when I found it and I was like, until I'm 35, I'm going to chase this thing. And like, it took me a year or two because Olympic lifting is really hard if you're uh, – people underestimate it, I think. But um, people have never touched a barbell like in a snatch grip or put it over their head. Yeah. Uh, but I knew that it was going to take me a long time. So I was like the first year, not good enough, obviously. And then about – you know, after like two years of it, I was like, I think I'm good enough to try out now. But it was like the season keeps being postponed. It keeps being postponed. And then me and my coach finally had the talk like a couple months ago. We're like, I don't think it – like, I think as a business, it went under. I don't know. I shouldn't yeah, I say think, that. Yeah. But it just stopped. <laughs> so I'm like, shit. <laughs> I think after reading about it, yeah, I think because uh, it was being covered by NBC over in the States. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, and then <laughs> I think it was a funding issue. Um, just so, was <laughs> but I, yeah, because it looked like it was like, yeah, we're going to have so much funding. It's going to be really good when take on CrossFit and realizing CrossFit has got Reebok behind them. And yeah, they can probably power it through as much as possible. I don't know who, who was like uh, powering the grid. Do you know who was funding uh, it? Or anything I, like that? It was some, I think who started it. I'm totally, please nobody quote me on any of this. I think it started <laughs> from a couple of people that worked with CrossFit, left it. Yeah. And then we're like, we're going to do this thing. And, and for perspective, like the opening match was in Madison Square Garden. Like it was like, like, Jeez. probably like just overdone. I don't know. But I know like uh, the sec, the third season, I went to go watch some matches and it was, um, Nike weightlifting was there, but maybe it was just too late. I don't know. Fair. That's cool. Yeah. I don't know. Anyways. <laughs> it's done now. Anyways, <laughs> so, yeah, I still, but I do, like you said, like, I feel like I'm a forever bodybuilder, like, and it's not like I don't think I'll uh, never get on stage again. I'd like the opportunity. At some point, I'm not going to do any of this fun shit, and all I can do is diet, and I get that, and I'll be a master's <laughs> bodybuilder, and that's cool. But, uh, yeah, I'm having a lot of fun right now, and I don't want to stop any of that fun, so I'm not sure what I'm what I'm doing. That's cool. <laughs> All right, let's go. Let's dive into kind of your career as well, then. So okay. when when you started out, I know you went through basically what I'd call as a traditionally like academic kind of way of you went to yeah. uni, you very similar to myself and Dan. So you went and did your bachelor's degree. You did kinesiology, right? And then yeah. We both went and did our master's degree. You went and did physiology. Dan went and did nutrition. I did biomechanics. Um, why, what was the reasoning for you going down that route to start off with? I, by the, uh, okay, so you, you mentioned too that you worked in, for you, a football team. A pro exactly, football team. yeah, both me and, and I did worked in pro soccer. Football. Yeah, yeah. 
which is the same thing, but I'm American. Um, <laughs> but it, it was, it was like this whole, when it was time to shift, right? Cause uni, like you said, like college, it like forces you at this year, you do this thing. And yeah. like, when you're done, you do this thing. And so when I was in, um, in undergrad getting my, the emphasis in my kinesiology was actually sports management. Cause I thought I wanted to own a facility. Cool. Um, at the time I was coaching gymnastics at a pretty high level. So I, and the owners were very close to me and I, I was lightweight thinking like when they're done, maybe I could take over this facility and we'll, you know, whatever. Um, so I was coaching and operating this gym and like getting my undergrad and realizing like as it was done and finishing, I was like, now that I've managed this facility for a while, I don't want to do this. <laughs> um, and, but I liked the whole organizing and, and, um, operations. I, I kind of liked it. Yeah. Um, but I was like, maybe I'll do it for a sports team again. Maybe I, maybe I want to do that at a, at a higher level and maybe not deal with kids and be stuck in a brick and mortar. Maybe I can venture out. So I did sports, a uh, sports marketing internship with again, the Houston dynamo, which is a, a pro soccer team here. Yeah. And in the middle of that was like, okay, maybe it wasn't the operating. I like so much. It actually was the coaching and the teaching and still working with athletes or whatever. So I thought, I'd be a professor. So uh, that's where the master's came in. I was like, okay, so I can keep studying this. The lifestyle of a professor is way more chill than like the marketing at a, at a pro sports team. We were all over the place um, all the time, day and night, you know, for games and lunches and the regular nine to five. And it was just like really bonkers. And I was like, I can't do this forever. Um, and so, yeah, I talked to the professors at my undergrad and they were like, you could do this. Like if you like teaching and you have that coaching background and to chill life from what I hear, good salary, you know? So I thought professorship would be something I'd want to do. Um, and I, so like the, the program I signed up to was like a six year, like two years, master's, four years, PhD. And like one year into it, I was like, no, this isn't it. <laughs> so, but I, but I finished it and I got, but a year into it, I was like, this isn't forever. I'm actually yeah. not do this um that's a fair game in terms of yeah i think i went into my master's degree thinking i was gonna go off and do research based and stuff like that yeah. so off, off the back of mine i got offered a phd through tottenham so tottenham hotspur another football team and then basically i looked at it and it sounds really bad and i mean it's something that i said to you straight away it was like they offered me the the crappest salary uh to do my research and i was just like what i was like you kidding i can't i physically can't live off this and i was just like there's yeah. no way you're asking me to do this and this and i'm trying to get all this other stuff so i was just like i took a dip out and then i did some freelance stuff and then realized that pt and coaching was way more lucrative in the long run and already having kind of education in the bank was mm -hmm. uh, a big thing and it was kind of well respected i think to like uh i think just talking to dean somerset from my route um he was just like yeah not everybody needs a bachelor's degree or anything like that but it, it gives you in i know it's bad but it gives you a slightly instant credibility when you're talking to someone you're like all right cool so you might know about that already i don't have to explain mm -hmm. that or anything like that i mean i do a hell of a lot of interviewing and I look for it. I actively look for it because uh, I like to know their knowledge base. It's something I don't have to check up on that much. So yeah. it's, it's an interesting route. Um, but I don't think yeah. it's the be on end all. I think it's going away from that, if anything, now, especially with the uh, the cost of everything nowadays. I know it's America. It's even more crazy than over here in terms of cost of degrees, etc. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's too long. Right? No joke. <laughs> yeah. um, well, it's funny that you, you say that. Like you, you would think – that the pro sports teams would be just like ready to dish out us money, but Absolutely. it's like 
there well and maybe at the higher levels but all those entry-level positions it's like you you forget that you're almost paid in like the prestige of it you're like oh because yeah. you can say you worked here and like <laughs> we could get anybody we wanted so if you're not willing to take this shit salary then yeah. like we'll get someone else that wants to say that they work here um and it's not in a shitty way i mean it makes sense like that's um i think there's there are a lot of things like that where it's like the the name and the identity of yeah. it it's pretty valuable. It kind of ties into like the emotional part of it. You're like, oh, you're working for us. Like, you should be really proud. I'm like, yeah, but I, I still want to live, right? So <laughs> I want to enjoy it. <laughs> so that's cool. Yeah. Um, and then the the whole industry getting away from because, like, I've said this many times on the 3D podcast. Like, I, I'm I'm not unproud of like, but like, I know I went to school for a long time, and Eric brings it up a lot more now. He's like, oh, yeah. don't forget, like. You know, because when you got your master's, like, I forget I went to school. Like, I don't <laughs> use it. I really, I do and I don't. Like, it's not, like, on a daily basis I think about anything I did in class, ever. Yeah. Really. I think, yeah. I'm very, I think we've, <laughs> we've said it, like, the, I think the um, the biggest thing, and I know you guys preach about it a hell of a lot, is in terms of, obviously, you do evidence-based coaching. So it's probably just being able to decipher results from papers and actually take what they mean. Critically think. think. Critically yeah. think. I think that's pretty much the takeaway if you can do that without the degree then you're flying and you know, haven't got the massive amount of debt that we have um so, <laughs> so yeah i think that's that was the biggest takeaway that we've ever said if you if you go to just class to learn about critically thinking and about papers and what what you need to decipher away from it was the the big yeah. thing for me i think that taught me how to do that and how to pick stuff that i'm gonna use coaching mm -hmm. um and take further so in terms of would you what what are the biggest best kind of takeaways you've had from your education so far and what other education have you done uh besides like my actual academia like, i guess so academia, in terms of any okay. like workshops or any kind of like, groups or stuff? no i mean i've been to, okay i've been to the ones that like we hosted right of course, yeah. <laughs> I've obviously you know and you'll probably find this similar too like my i feel like my ongoing education in physique and strength sport for the most part, is me hosting the podcast with my guys and talking sure. about it. Yeah. Like, huge. Yeah, because it's not, um, again, the four guys I work with were, I credit them with, like, saving my sanity when I was a bodybuilder only, um, especially early in my in my career. Um, I've watched everything they ever put out for, like, four years before they knew I existed, you know? So, <laughs> and, and so I think the education is, like, it ha always talking to them, bouncing ideas off of them. And then on my own, again, taking, yeah, I learned in, in university, like how to review research papers. Like that was my favorite or one of the coolest things I think I did be able to experience in my lab was like our lab once a week, we would, we would sit, I would sit with the other PhD students and we would talk about like critiquing papers. Yeah, and sure. so I think that was really valuable, even though that wasn't actually in class that was within my lab and something that we did, which I'm super thankful for. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think we did it in a research class, but we did it all the time just with my lab mentor. Um, and so just being like extra skeptical, you know, like learning how to be like, okay, but the subjects that they used and but the sample size, but the, did they take, you know, and like reading discussions often and like, because um, most people just want like the abstract or they want to see the results. But yeah. I feel like learning the value of a discussion part of a paper is really cool. Um, but yeah, none of it's the actual class load. It was the, the lab experience being with the 3D guys. And then I learn um, a lot about a lot of other things and try to 
Um, I don't know if I try to do this, but I'm actively <laughs> like in my free time reading very widely, researching very widely, being curious very widely. And then how does it apply to like me and my athletes and fitness or our business or whatever? Absolutely. Um, that's something I, I enjoy and it's become a really, I, I've started to take it a lot more seriously in the past few years is like, um, let my curiosity take me wherever the hell it's going to go. And then how does that apply to the the job now that I do or the, the conversations I'm having now or whatever. Um, so I think I've just become a better learner and that, that my, that's probably started a long time ago, but I've, I try to just be a better observer and noticer and try to like make ideas marry where I can. Sure. That wasn't really an answer to <laughs> away from school, but I think if anything, it's just like a, like you said, it's, there are tools you learn in school, but it's not like the facts you learn. Absolutely in school, not. No. I think coming out of school, I've learned way more over the, I think, uh, yeah, I was in, I did bachelor's masters four years and I've been coaching for five and hands down coaching for five has taught me way more than I have. Yeah. <laughs> and it's yeah, just, cause you don't, you don't know how you feel, right? Like when you talk to clients, there's like a feel thing that yeah. you, you develop over time that no matter, um, you know, if you have five athletes with the same inherent problem, they could all need different solutions. And you don't know that unless you've just dealt with all the different solutions. I mean, yeah, which kind of leads us nicely onto basically um, as part of your job. So obviously you've got your podcast stuff, um, but your I think your well, you, your main gig in physique coaching, prep coaching, is that what you do? Mm-hmm. You, you kind of, yeah, it's your Yeah, I don't right coach now. power. Yeah. I mean, I have one that, I have a couple that were physique athletes that, and then I, okay, we finished season, let's get ready for powerlifting. Cool. Uh, but yeah, uh, as an on-take, Jeff and I only take physique athletes. Okay, cool. And Eric, Brad, and, and yeah. Berto will take both. Yeah. Decent. So in terms of kind of cool physique prep coaching, um, mm-hmm. how is, because you talked a lot about, uh, I don't realize you was like, oh, that was a crap title the last time you came over to the UK <laughs> on your, so it's, what? <laughs> Andrea yeah. talked about psychology of coaching. And I think we were, it was very nice that Andrea actually listened to the, the show that we put out on that. And uh, we kind of disagree. We said that the title, I think we said the title was slightly off. And you just agree with us <laughs> pre-recorded. You know what? So, I think it's. Go ahead. Sorry. Finish your finish your thing. No, because um, we took away. It was we felt like. Um, I think remembering back, it was about two years ago. Should have really listened to that podcast back through. But um, I think we summed up. Yeah, talk was a hell of a lot more about you as a prep coach and you coaching and how to deal with your clients and how you would basically yeah how you would deal with them on a one-to-one level on a personal level and Mm -hmm. how you were relating that or any kind of thoughts and ideas and how you kind of I don't know portrayed it to them and how you would get them to do it more than anything else I realize that is intertwined into exactly psychology um but it was yeah (laughs) yeah that's the thing though right is it I've I've been thinking about that a lot and I've written about a couple times on the 3d blog is like it's not that it was necessarily uh, it's not that it has nothing to do with psychology. It's that when people hear the word psychology, it like when it can mean a lot of things, right? There's the discipline of like there's clinical psychology. There's yeah. like um, like and people don't realize too like a psychologist is not the same as someone who like sits with you on the couch all the time. Like yeah, they could be a research psychologist, yeah, like, yeah. yeah. And then when you think psychology some people think of it as the study of like the brain and the way it responds naturally and then there's behavioral psychology. And I think that's what we do most, but yeah. the, the words in fitness uh, are scary. Like the word psychology makes people think like, Oh, I'm not qualified. Cause that's brain stuff. And it's like, no, you're dealing with behaviors every day. 
Yeah. You're dealing with people every day. And that is a type of psychology. But I think um, the reason I say I think it's poorly titled is because I think it was obvious that it uh, it throws people and they're expecting something different than, than that, which maybe that was a good thing. I don't know. But I know that it's not uh, the fitness industry when they hear psychology, they're like, that's not for me. And the, the, the typical thing is you'll hear a coach bitch and be like, I'm not your therapist. And it's like, well, kind of, you kind of, like, like, <laughs> yeah, like if you're dealing with someone's food cycle, it's like, you have to listen to them and you have yeah. to give them mental strategies. And, and as, if you're, if you're in fitness, you can say mindset and it's okay. But if you say psychology, it's like, Oh, that's not in your league. Don't mess with it. And it's like the same thing. <laughs> um, but, yeah. What the, uh, so in terms of that, so, um, what are the biggest hurdles that you've found, um, for your prep coaches or maybe for you in prep as well? What what hurdles seem to come up that you've had to help people get over? Uh, the biggest thing that I think is counterintuitive to what people who've never prepped is, uh, is the prep is the easy part for everybody, uh, coaching-wise, psych- psychologically, motivation, like getting the shreds because there's so much extrinsic motivation and your rewards are so obvious. Yeah. That's definitely the easiest part, uh, but it's the... I almost said the psychology of gaining weight, but that is what I mean. Like having, helping someone, um, learn to be okay, putting fat on. And I didn't say get obese, but just (laughs) putting fat on, you know, is, is something I I'm forever interested in because it was, it's definitely the biggest hurdle I ever had. I've had to deal with as a, as a physique athlete. I mean, a, a big hurdle, very slow hurdle, uh, need lots of, um, assistance from important people to be okay with it. Like, so, I mean, seeing someone get shredded is awesome and it's fun and it's the, the crux of the job. But at the same time, like how ha- having someone from the stage get to a place in the off season where they're like either not tracking or barely tracking their food or like doing living their life again. Yeah. That road right there can be anywhere from a couple months. Like, like me, it took me a couple years after my last season to be like, Oh shit, this is what it's like. <laughs> Um, but that, that is very far more individualized than how someone loses fat, um, and far more about their behaviors and how they perceive themselves. And, um, man, it's, it's so, it's so cool to me that that's the the biggest hurdle, but I think it's one of the more fun things to do. And it, it takes a lot longer is to make someone go from, okay, stage shredded and everyone thinks you're great and you look the best you ever looked and, you're obsessed with yourself, okay, and like, how do we undo all that? Yeah, that's cool. So that's anecdotally, um, what would you say, because obviously you just said it take, it took you about like two years to realize like, shit, I can come back to the basically normality. <laughs> like, obviously, I know Eric Helms, because like, he always, I mean, the one thing that stuck with me from me and him, and he always said, we're the freaks, we're the people who want to look like this or want to drive, we're not normal. Like, that's, don't yeah. inflict this on everybody else. But what would you say maybe were your like uh using the psychological term is coping mechanisms to <laughs> to basically get to that point in two years what were you starting to put into i don't know whether it be programming or dieting strategies that you you found that worked for you yeah neither of those things which is surprising uh that for me dieting's easy. like that's the easy part yeah. you know you hit numbers you turn into a robot like that that's easy yeah. if you can take away decision making from me and especially if a coach, because I'm personally, I'm very coach responsive and I want nothing more than to please my coach. Like I've been like, <laughs> like, it was so important for me to be a coach's favorite and have them be proud of me and like all that stuff. So 
prepping by myself was was hard. I did that before, but um, and then with Berto, now it's even easier because I've looked up to Berto for years. He's like yeah. my, he's like this thing in my head that's like all things awesome, and I want nothing more than please. So when he says do something, I'm like sure, no problem, autopilot, yeah. you know. And so after that, um, when when I have freedom, I'm like fuck. What do I what do I do? Um, like he would give me things like calorie ranges now. And I'm like, no, but like what calories do I'm going to hit? <laughs> like, it would be like a 300 calorie. Like he'll be like in carbs somewhere between 150 and 180. I'm like, but which one? Like I need <laughs> to know what I put in my damn, my fitness pal. You know? So that was like a hurdle one is like, learn to like, it's not like, um, the numbers aren't magic. Like, and like inherently you, you know that. And I think that's the weird thing is like, as a thinking human, because we're, we do a, we try a 3d to like, okay, before the season's over, let's talk about what it's going to be like when you're done. Right. So before I'm done dieting, I'm like, I know I'm going to need to put on a few pounds. Okay. I know, um, that, you know, I need to loosen up these habits. Like I know all these things, but then when in practice, you're like, no, like I look different. I feel fat. I feel slow. I feel so, um, you know, a, a thing was like, I, I, that, that, prep I did with Berta, the last one, I did it all on YouTube and, um, gained a little following. And so I think mistake one is like being naked on the internet all the time makes it way harder to get, uh, to put on any fat because you're like, this, this is why people like me. Like, yeah. this is what I've been doing, you know? So that was a, a personal hurdle of mine was like, okay, chill with the internet. Nobody needs weekly updates on your life or your body. Like that's one thing. Um, Another thing that helped me a lot with like the, the slow transition was like being forced in uncomfortable situations, like in prep, obviously it, it behooves us to be again, robotic to control everything that we can. Da, da. And so like doing things with friends every once in a while or, or like leaving the house for a full day without food. Um, at first, right. Like when you're not tracking and you're still like that prep hungry, like you, you go balls to one, you eat everything in sight. But then eventually it was like, Oh, I can have, a weekend out of town with my boyfriend and not gain five pounds before I came back kind of thing. It's like, I'm settling down. Okay. That's cool. Um, all right. Now we're going on a week long drive and you didn't track and like, it was okay. All right. And then I'd go back to tracking, you know, like, <laughs> but it's like these little baby steps. So like over time, um, I pulled out of it and I thought powerlifting would do it for me. Cause I know that does it for a lot of people. It's like focus yeah. on strength, but it wasn't different enough for me to, I'm not sure why, uh, for me to let go of my, this, I, this, um, uh, it was like, all right, you can do this just in the meantime, because you're never going to diet as soon as you're fed and have muscle. Yeah. But it's like, I would never actually feed myself, um, still like overfed, you know? Um, and it was this whole functional fitness thing that I started in like 2015 that was actually, I think, uh, physically demanding enough and, uh, differently enjoyable. Like, I mean, I've always loved bodybuilding, but it was, I don't know if it's, um, I hadn't run in a long time. I hadn't flipped in a long time. Things that I always loved as a kid. And I think it was like this different level of enjoyment and this different, these very different energy systems that I would just be like starving. And I was like, but I want to do good tomorrow. So I'm just going to eat. Yeah. And it was like that finally, um, for me took me over the edge to where it was like, Oh, now I'm going to gain like five pounds. The first like six months I did it. I put on a bit of weight, but like I didn't give a shit because I was doing these cool new things. So I think it, it was like, I think I've always been crazy about something. 
I still think I'm, it's just a different, like re- <laughs> replacing one obsession with another for me was the only way to get through it, which I don't know if that's healthy or not either. Yeah. Uh, but I know it's physically healthier than like always being slightly underfed. And it's also as a bodybuilder, a lifelong bodybuilder, right? That's the only way I could put on mass was to not give, like to give such a big shit about something else besides my body that I could let the body do its thing. And all the guys and myself, I've seen it, but especially like, it means a lot coming from the other 3d guys. Like they've seen a big change in my physique the last two years. I have too, but it's, it's good to hear them. Like, cause I only see them in person, you know, every six months to a year yeah. and they're like, wow, you know, like this, you know, and so they've, they've been really encouraging. Um, yeah, so that was like the whole two year, like one thing after another. But it was definitely a process, like I said. And and having Berto um, and my boyfriend both competitors. I actually Berto coaches my boyfriend too. Oh, cool. oh he's a bodybuilder. <laughs> yeah, uh, but having people in my life in person that are like, this is okay, this is cool. Hey, you look great. I see, I see some growth. Like that, as opposed to people on the internet, they're like, why'd you get fat? <laughs> you know. Um, yeah, so I think that's the that's one of the biggest uh, things that I know Dan struggles with when because he's currently he's prepping for a shoot, but I'm kind of this little I don't know I guess <laughs> of normality outside of Team Box, which is very much all prep coaching and all like yeah, yeah. gotta look great all the time, got to post this stuff, and then I'm like, damn dude, like Paolo, suck it, they, they don't care. He's gone to Qatar. I was like, we went for a burger. I know probably a couple of the Team Box guys will listen to this show, and then uh, like, what? He did what? He's on prep. Like yeah, fuck it, no matter. One day it's fine. He'll he'll he's a good enough coach to come back from it. So he's got all of that to come through. But it's just I feel like um, maybe it's kind of a sanity thing. I think he needs that little like oh no, I need a little bit of freedom, and then I come rein it. I know I'm good enough to rein it back in and bring that. Yeah. So um, in terms of I mean after speaking like anecdotally for after powerlifting to me to go away because it's again the obsession of i was like i've got my numbers in my head i know what i want to hit i know i'm very much like what you'd be for i need to know my calorie count i need to know my mm-hmm. my goals i've talked about this previously on the podcast and i'm shit at like if you go all right you're you got 200 kilo uh deadlift tom you're gonna do that for as many reps as possible and i'm like all right but how many am i meant to hit like what's my men yeah. what, what are my men yeah. to do and they're like no no just do as many as possible i'm like no 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 tell me <laughs> what am i meant to be yeah. doing like and if you don't tell me i'm gonna go look at the last to my amrap yeah exactly it was, <laughs> at least one rep i'm so that lazy yeah. <laughs> and i'm just like no i need to know this is just it just blows my mind i'm just like no and then i know exactly where my training is like no no just freestyle it you might feel good this day i'm like now i feel awful all right um <laughs> but coming from there same. exactly the yeah. same so i don't know whether it's yeah but it's another obsession thing um i've i've been, I've been okay with it now and then working away like i played a lot of football played did all that kind of stuff you're working towards that goal then i started playing football whilst i was powerlifting worst decision ever end up getting, um, <laughs> I <was gonna> say. <laughs> basically i was about 10 kilos heavier than i normally had packed on a shit ton of muscle and then uh was like I was the least mobile person I've ever been like at any point in my life which is yeah. not cool which is why I'm nursing a hip injury so oh sorry. yeah which is great <laughs> <laughs> um yeah so in terms of so how so you've you've gone through your trainings evolved how would you say in terms of because obviously a lot of people will be like what you're just doing like functional fitness like you're doing what is essentially a lot of crossfit enjoyment stuff mm-hmm. so it's like how do you think that uh kind of that hasn't had an effect on your body and your physique then well that's the thing though right is enjoyment isn't different than training 
So one thing that, again, like uh, I mentioned earlier, there's a very big difference between if you go to any CrossFit box, as they call it, like go to yeah. anything, sign up for a class, take a class, you're exercising, and for a lot of people, that's better than not doing shit, or it pushes them harder than they would themselves in the gym, and that creates great results for them. Absolutely. Okay, cool. Yeah. But what I did, because mm -hmm. I do know what I know, right, is immediately I was like, okay, this is a very steep competitive endeavor. I have very um, lopsided strengths. Like, I was a gymnast growing up, and I have a, a strength background, but I've never touched a bar in a snatch grip in my life. So, like... I knew that any regular program that might address things globally wouldn't be good for me. So I, I got the best coach I could possibly find. And yep. um, his name's David Charbonneau. And he was actually the assistant coach of the team that won the Great League Championships the first two years. Cool. Long story. Somehow I got this dude. And I was like, <laughs> holy shit. I know I'm the worst person on your roster. He's like, all these athletes at the CrossFit Games and shit. I'm like, can you please just baby me or whatever. So. For two whole years, I mean, he was he was great, but that that's the thing is like we we trained and we had a program. So I know when you look at snippet bait, and I'm not you specifically, but when people are like see a crossfit, they're like, oh, willy nilly, she's just fucking flipping around. But it's actually like it was very methodic, right? Like we would yeah. run five to six week programs, have a deload, do it again over and over. It would always start with Olympic lifting technique, and then strength, and then strict strength. And then a, condition, a conditioning piece or two that fed off of the gymnastics movements I need within the time domain. Like, so it was um, very structured and it does still, it's still designed for progressive overload, for progressive uh, work capacity to increase, for endurance to increase. So it wasn't, um, I say it wasn't, it's still like, there's still, it's very intentional still. It's just something very different than bodybuilding and powerlifting. So, um, and I, like I said, I've learned a whole lot and it's, it, it was one of those that I don't think I could have learned as much as I could without actually being in it for a couple of years. But there's a lot of, a lot of good takeaways that have applied to, to me as a bodybuilder, right? Like me and Berto have had to talk about this. They're like, cause I was doing two days for, for a long time. It's like, and, um, he's like, we, we underworked me as a bodybuilder. I don't think we realized how much work I could do in, in a day yeah. or in a week or in a training block. Um, and so like we always say, like I haven't done a leg extension or a leg curl in two years. My legs have blown up in a good way. And it's just sheer volume, right? Like um, powerlifter, you, unlike you with your 10s, right? Typically <laughs> it's like, okay, ones to fives, heavy yeah. ass. But it's like, but if you do 30 wall balls with 20 pounds, like that's a lot of volume. You know what I mean? Or if you do row every day for your cardio as opposed to, you know, high intensity rowing versus an elliptical, like yeah. it's a, quite a big stimulus. So, um the, the 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 weird thing that like what us bodybuilders or whatever has I guess we forget is that like every sport like the, the body responds to stress and that doesn't mean if I didn't count my reps for the hypertrophy rep range I'm not going to get hypertrophy you know yeah. like so so that's that's been really cool to see and like coming from a gymnastics coach like you look at the male gymnasts in the olympic look at their upper body and it's like they don't bench every day but like look at them you know <laughs> yeah. like like it, the body works the body works and so it's it's opened me up i think in a from a programming perspective to have more fun with my athletes for sure to give them more more freedom to to be able to like in my brain work through their volume frequency and, and intensity differently to be like well like 
there's a lot of things that like three or four years ago would have been like, well, that's not how you do it in a bodybuilding split. And now I'm like, we could probably make that work, you know, <laughs> like how, how could we? And if, and if, if it, and when we say like, make it work, like it's not like if it's not optimal, it's not going to work. It's just, let's get some feedback. Maybe we could try it out, you know? So it's, it's opened my, my brain a lot to what I'm capable of. It's opened up my brain a lot to like programming. Um, and the fact that I did, I have this increase in physique growth while the enjoyment factor went up. Like where, where else can I create this for my athletes? Yeah. Like you, you always were like, well, I don't want you to hate it, but it's like, but could you like super love it? Yeah. I, you know, while still getting what you want? I don't know. Um, cause some people you can't like, if you have a super weak body part, we had to spend eight weeks here because this and that, and then we'll come back out. But, but it's just that there's way more possibilities. And I feel like when, when we study our discipline so hard with no regard for any others, we kind of miss out on that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I totally agree. You need to kind of look at, I think, especially, I mean, I dip into the bodybuilding world and prep a little bit. I pre obviously prep more powerlifters and I'm yeah. way more rehab based more than anything else. But looking at it, you do tend to like, from it's a weird world. You kind of uh, some people scoff at what you're doing, um, and you're like, "Well, that's like that's not like why aren't you doing eight to twelve? And where's, where's all the muscular tension?" And I'm like, "Because I've just written. It's really odd that you've said about like uh, your cardio stuff. Because uh, within my programming, obviously, I've got a little bit of FAI on my hip right now, and mm. I find it a little bit tough. So in terms of leg volume, I can't really squat so anything like that, but." I'm doing 20 minutes, like one minute, one off on a what bike right now, just because oh. I was like, yeah, fuck it. Like cyclists got huge legs, right? If I do that, that'd be cool. That would keep yeah. it going. Hopefully, obviously it's not have the same relationship. I get that before everybody comes at me on Instagram. Um, I know. Like, Cause then you say that and they're like, oh, so I can just do whatever fuck I want. And I'll I'm go. Like, it's like, no. that's not what I said. That's not what I said. It's like, I've yeah, still got. That's the thing. We lose the nuance, right? People think like you are either a bodybuilder or you're a CrossFitter. It's like, mm. have you seen CrossFitters lately? Absolutely. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And then, um, and then we, and then we, we like, look at like like variability. We beat on, beat on about variability of training and different stimuluses yeah. that have a lot within bodybuilding. So you look at like, oh no, you still got to come up like Jeff Alberts would be like, no, I still got to come up and like test my strength a little bit. I'll do a free RM or anything like that. But hell of a time, I'm going to spend a hell of a lot of time up at the 15s, 20s more than for now. But he was just yeah. like, yeah, you got to do it. Like it's just don't beat it away. I think bodybuilders shy away from some of the variability now nowadays. I feel, mm -hmm. but that's a, a kind yeah. of a mimicking kind of point of view because I know. Whereas in Team Box, they've obviously Boxy gets taught by uh, Jeff Alberts and always his coach, and he did a powerlifting meet just because of that factor. Mm -hmm. Jeff was like, "Yeah, yeah." Get stronger. And and Eric, um, fuck, I don't want to like butcher this entire man. He does this. He <laughs> is very big. I mean, like he'll be like, "Okay, you have your your pressing move, like on leg day, you're pressing and your hip hinge." But like, yeah. some days that's a stiff leg day deadlift, and some days that's an RDL, and some days that's a good morning. But we're getting it done. Absolutely. You know, and yeah. that, and that's what I'm saying is like, um, like I said, I might have back squatted twice a week during those two years where my legs grew a shit ton, right? I might have back squatted twice a week, deadlifted once, but then again, my, my snatch is a squat, a clean is a squat, a overhead squat, obviously is a squat, and like yeah. none of those would be as heavy as like a, a barbell back squat, but I'm doing a bajillion of them, <laughs> and um, so I don't know. I'm not again. I'm not saying that that what I'm doing is better. And I'm not saying that what I do is by any means what I do directly for my athletes, but 
I think what I am saying is I'm, again, taking something that's not even that far off discipline-wise. I'm taking something that I'm doing and experiencing in I can put it into my coaching practice in, in small amounts where needed. Yeah. You know, um, like I hate when people, I hate, sorry. It, it's <laughs> interesting when people are like, okay, I'm not going to back squat this cycle. I'm going to miss it. And it's like, why the fuck would you take it out if you want to do it? Then like, it's not like, you know, cause they're like, cause I'm going to front squat this cycle instead or like vice versa where it's like, but you can do both really in the both, same yeah. cycle. And it's like, <laughs> you know? So, so that's the kind of shit that I think about when I see it. I'm like, but you know, and a few years ago, I'd have been like, yep, you need to pick what is your squat this, this cycle when it's yep. like, well, it doesn't have to be that way. And a lot of people don't give a shit. They're like, okay, this one, I'm going to back squat this one in the front squat and like whatever. But some people that are in that, if you have that emotional attachment to things that I think that that's okay. And maybe even useful. Like I love handstand pushups. I love, yeah, I could overhead press, but these are also fun and they can yeah. be a part of my conditioning and um, still a shoulder movement. It's still overhead pressing movement, you know, like, so why not yeah. if I can and if I know, and, th and that's the thing too, right? Is we, obviously we know that there are limitations. Like I'm not going to have all my athletes do handstand pushups because they probably will fuck them up or hurt their head <laughs> or whatever. But it's just an example of like thing. I don't know. I just feel like we, we should as practitioners question it, you know, yeah, so that skepticism of like, well, um, a lot of athletes will say like, just, do what you think is best. And that's great. And that's easy. And I was like that, you know, I've been like that with Bert too. Like, what do you think is best for me to get from A to B? And a lot of athletes at some points in their career, are like, okay, then that's what we'll do. But there are some times where people very obviously get bored or complacent, but like I've done this, but I don't want to tell my coach that I'm bored because a true athlete just does what's needed yeah. when it's like, maybe those aren't opposing goals. Maybe I can do some fun shit and still make progress and maybe I'll progress faster because I'm having more fun and there's more effort into it and there's more excitement and energy and like, you know. Yeah, it all lays into one. I think it was uh, yeah. it was something that also a guy you know, Steve Hall from yes. uh, Revive, right? So we did a podcast, it must have been about a year or two ago, and uh, we talked about literally that, we coined that term of uh, flexible training because we were like, it's all ah. flexible dieting. We were like, yeah, flexible training, why not? You can still, like, like you're talking about a hip hinge pattern. It's like, yeah, why? yeah, we can do cable pull throughs or you can do hip thrusts. It doesn't matter. Like, get do your volume, get it done, see if it's, you can do it, just do it to an RPE scale or do it to a reps to failure scale. That's fine. You don't do it to a weight scale this time. Yeah, beef cool. So we 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 put that in. We started enforcing that hell of a lot, especially where I work. And it's just more about cool. like um, in terms of yeah, this is a lower hip dominant movement. This is a single leg hip dominant movement or a knee dominant mm -hmm. or uh, like a horizontal press. And it's like it doesn't really matter what it is. Like just do it. Like program. Yeah. You've it's horizontal press day. All right, cool. Doesn't matter which one you could be full yeah. pressing. Doesn't matter. Let's just do it. Um, so. Hopefully that gets away from. I realize that this isn't be a classic bodybuilders. No, it's chest and back day. I'm like, oh, sweet. Okay, if that works for you, then that kind of was. It kind yeah, of and that's the thing off, is, you could cool. be closed if you want. Like, if that's your like, I am so yeah. happy doing what I know works. Then all right, like cool. But I think a lot of people. <laughs> if anything, I think that's one of the reasons CrossFit's grown so much. Absolutely, yeah. Is because you you get to do um, just different things, and I think it's. It's thought of as like um, kind of weak, right? Like you're mentally weak if you need variety in like some of these sports. So it's like, 
Not really. <laughs> just um, more fun. Yeah, it really brings it like you kind of there's a competitive edge to it. You're training with people. I mean, the class-based stuff from Group X is massive in London. I yeah, know and that's the funny. I yeah. hate the CrossFit classes, but yeah, I, I, I totally see. <laughs> again, I immediately was like, I need a coach individually who's putting yeah. in the gym myself that something to do before. Whereas, again, like, but because of that, I, I work out at a CrossFit gym. Yeah. I, I did for a long time. And seeing that culture is very strange, but I could see how it worked. <laughs> to me, that's nothing I would enjoy. Yeah. But how, how would you I think, think uh, could, could that ever be in bodybuilding? Do you reckon you could have the same kind of environment, like, uh, as a CrossFit so. box? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Because, like, boot camps is body weight. I guess so, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, in, like, a super training was it super training where they all, oh, what powerlifting gym am I at? Where they all West side, like they all come in do the same programming. Like the whole gym is on the same program. Like West side or yeah. Like West side Bible. Um, yeah, I guess so. Because yeah. they, West side Bible have like, they, they, they have like, uh, just, they have like weight categories. Is it weight categories? The point what, depending on what their programming is and, or in terms of, or whether it's beginners, yeah, medium advanced. I know they. Um, I, I listened to a show that um, I know they were on Barbell Shrug. They've been on them a few few times on the podcast. Uh -huh. but yeah, they they they've talked to Westside about that. But in terms of yeah, they create that environment. It was like how uh, a couple of the Barbell Shrug guys they had to go in the like the beginner classes at Westside because they <laughs> were just like these guys are huge, but they're all like they all bench together, they all squat together, they all do yeah. that kind of thing, which I guess is the kind of vibe that um, would be cool. Wouldn't happen yeah. in a commercial gym that I would have. That no, with, yeah, <laughs> that's the only thing. But, yeah, <laughs> but that's, that's a good idea. Yeah, I bet that's, it could. Cool. So, kind of, we we spout a lot about, um, I guess, your past. What's the future? What's happening going forward for Andrew Valdez, basically? Uh, get better at all those things. <laughs> so like the beginning, we said these are the things I do, and I don't have anything like super different. Um, but there there have been quite a few changes, like in in the last year, like. Like I keep saying in these two years and these two years because I'm on the other side of these two years for um, the whole grid thing because one, it doesn't exist or right? we talked about. <laughs> but I also, um, from the beginning of it, I got a, a shoulder injury pretty early on. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah it just uh, was the worst for this whole time. But I was like, no, I need to just like make it to the league and then we'll figure it out. Um, but since um, that has is not an immediate goal, I figured it'd be responsible to maybe handle that for whatever amount of months that's going to take. So yeah. I still Olympic lift. I still um, do the gymnastics movements that I can, but I have a lot of rehab um, that I do a lot of very uh, like, like a, I have very flexible training right now because it, it it's like I wake up, how are things feeling between the shoulder, the elbow and this other knee thing that comes up sometimes. How are things feeling? All right, and I still keep that same structure, like what heavy movement am I doing today? Whether I, I go off of like a big five, like is it yeah. snatch, clean, jerk, or snatch, clean, jerk, uh, front squat or back squat? Because right now, heavy deadlifts, sometimes like the grip bothers my elbow, okay, like yeah. gripping those heavy things for, cool. for a long amount of time. Mm -hmm. um, and then I have like two or three conditioning components that are high rep of light strength work, so like um, built into them. And then rehab stuff. And so that's like what I do. Um, I started doing curls and tricep extensions and leg extensions and stuff, which I hadn't done like, for a couple of years, but just to make up for the volume I'm missing with the, um, and so I, I very, I have to set like blinders for myself all the time. Cause as, as I've talked about, I get kind of obsessed. So it's like, 
for the rest of 2018, that's what you're going to do. And so that's what I'll do. Um, and hopefully by the end of it, I'm able to do everything that I want to do in a, without pain every day. And then we'll decide what I'm doing. But, um, <laughs> yeah, so that was that, that's, that's what's going on as an athlete with 3d. We keep on a coaching, but I think we're, we're really trying to get our, I mean, the podcast will always continue. The coaching will always continue, but the vault is something that's pretty new to us which like I mentioned earlier, it's like this little um, collection of video courses that we're trying to do. So with the 3D Muscle Journey mission, it's like, yeah, we, we love coaching. We've always wanted to help, but we can only reach that so far. Yeah. Um, as you know, with one-on-one, and, and a lot of people, some of the people that benefit the most from our free content will never compete. Therefore, they probably don't need to, we, we do off-season coaching, but yeah. they're, you know, they might not see that worth the investment of, of hiring a, a one-on-one coach to meet with. Um, so we're trying to like kind of bridge that gap between like you just get free general discussions on the podcast and then there's like one-on-one coaching, but like, can we create these uh, specialized courses for certain things? Right. So that's what we're, we're trying to go ham on this year. Um, yeah, we have something pretty big coming out in May on the vault, which should be cool. But for now we have a lot of like, uh, we just released a case study Q and a of like the five of us were actually together. You were present for our London Q and a seminar, yeah. but we were filming. <laughs> We've been filming a uh, five main Q and A's when we do get together that we can cool. hopefully release on the ball. So that that's, what's exciting for us there. Um, also, which I guess I didn't mention is I'm one of the co-authors of the muscle and strength pyramids with Eric Helms being the lead author and Andy Morgan being my fellow co-author. We are in the works of releasing a second edition for that by the end of this year to cool. an updated version. Amazing. Yeah. Um, which by the way is on my reading list for the education system of third space. So we're good. (laughs) It's honestly, I know I'm biased, but like it's, it's the, if you don't know where to start, like I think it's just the the best way to illustrate how priorities work together in this whole thing. Just prioritization. Like when you're like, where do I start? It's like, we'll tell you exactly where to start and don't go to the next part until you've done this part. And so, I think, you know, just a thing, as you know, people miss all the time. Yeah. So, yeah, the, and that's at musclestrengthpyramids.com. Um, yeah, and then I just write and podcast with my friends when I feel like it. But that's it. Yeah, that, that's where I'm at right now is um, big things with 3D, healing up my body, and then the pyramids come out. So that's Decent. cool. That's amazing. So let's uh, let's take a little bit more relaxed view. So in terms of uh, America, obviously, um, best food, in te- best food in Texas. So we uh, we, we, we like talking food here because uh, we we there's a generalized thing of we will always ask any of our guests uh, what is your ba- favorite. So you got burger and kind of any toppings you like on a burger and shake combo. And then you okay. can go any food because I know Texas is massive in terms of barbecue yeah. or anything like that. It's, it's, yeah. yeah, it's huge. Okay, first question is what's my favorite burger? So what kind of what, – whatever topping you can have, would you go burger topping? Yeah, burger topping. So I'm guessing you're going to have – I'm real week. basic. Yeah. I'm real basic. Like if it's a really good burger place, I just give me a cheeseburger. That's cool. cool. With cheese, mustard, lettuce, tomato, pickles. I'm fine with it. Yeah, there's this place across the street from me called Hot Dotty Burger Bar. If you're in, ever in Austin, Texas, cool. you have to. Hot Dotty. Uh, but yeah, because you, you said barbecue here and tacos here, that's it. That's needed, <laughs> but not just any, like Austin's like one of the, the foodier places in Texas, right? Sure. We have taco trucks all over the place. Yeah. Um, barbecue truck. Yeah. We're very food trucky here. 
which is pretty cool. So what's, what's the normal, like in what kind of taco are you having? Taco? Uh, well for breakfast, bacon, egg and cheese. And then for like the regular, the classic street taco here, which is usually like a, a sirloin beef with like onions and cilantro and maybe some avocado corn tortillas. I'm a corn tortilla person Okay, cool. Um, versus the flour. And uh, yeah, that makes me happy. But there's a place <laughs> Torchy's Tacos. Like when the 3D guys were here, I think they went there two or three times. This place called Torchy's Tacos. And they and from there, the Baja shrimp, which is like coconut fried shrimp, pickled onions, some feta. Shit, I can't remember what all, some carrots or something. I don't know. It's real. It's a little fancy, exotic. That fancy. Yeah, that sounds a bit like. Yeah, <laughs> but, you, but you need it all with like queso, you need chips and queso for all that beforehand. Yeah, so there's it, so much good food here. Oh my god, if you ever come, <laughs> let us tour you. I will tell you more about the beers and shit, but I I get too fat. Is it big? Is it big on? Are you? Is is Texas big on beer? Oh yeah. yeah. Well, that's the thing though, right? It's like Texas is ginormous, right? Yeah, but of all the places, like Austin is the most like liberal, hippie, vegan, foodie, techie town. It's like the San Francisco of, of cool. Texas. Like it's it's very uh, young entrepreneur, techie, whatever. <laughs> like trendy again, like super hipster. I love it. Music everywhere. So it's like there's tons of live music here. Tons of barbecue. Tons of tacos. Tons of food trucks. Decent. If you come to the US, I swear it's the funnest. <laughs> Cool. And whilst you're in, so two years ago, when you were in London, what the stuff? Yeah. You, what did you do in London? Um, I got overwhelmed by the tubes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't do public transportation ever here because you know we drive everywhere. Yeah, for sure. And I was like all excited about that, and then every time we were on it, and I had like no space, I was like, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god. <laughs> I was freaking out. Um, so the tubes is cool. No, we uh. Man, we went to the gym we trained at was super cool uh, when we had like our pre and post seminar days. Oh, yeah. shit. What was it called? Temple Commando Temple, which is the best name ever. But have you ever trained there? <laughs> I've never trained there. No, I know where it is. It's, it's in Temple. It's a place called Temple. And then it's Commando Gym. Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> it's really it was, cool. Yeah, I, seen, I saw some of the videos and stuff because I think... I think most of Team Box went down for that day. I wasn't around for that day, so. Oh no 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 yeah. no, no! Okay, that's was no, that was, was that the the one on one coach? That was just you coaching. Okay, cool. it was just like we got to the hotel and we got to lift. Decent. Uh, yeah, it was called Commando. There was like a Olympic lifting area, a jujitsu area, a pole, something people climb. <laughs> all this strongman like apparatuses, like a whole grip training, grip strength training thing. Decent. It was super cool. There was a guy named Fitz there that showed us around. Shout out to to Fitz. He was like deadlifting at three times his body weight and he weighed like 120 pounds, or something, 120 pounds. it was awesome wow um so that place was cool yeah we obviously did a seminar at chelsea yeah, chelsea football club right yeah there you go yeah, yeah. so that was awesome <laughs> uh I'm trying to think of where we or else we like walked around i had real fish and chips okay cool grilled so, real did no, you say real because like here it's like it's not real here yeah it was like <laughs> um yeah so that was a first um, we went to Piccadilly Circus. Yeah, Piccadilly Circus. So you must have been in and around like, well. like uh, Trafalgar Square and stuff like that. So were you yeah. in and around there? That's kind of we got one of our gyms in Pic basically in Piccadilly. So yeah, that's down there. Anyway, yeah, did you? Because I'm guessing yeah, overwhelming. overwhelming in terms of like it's it's just so big. <laughs> I, uh, I never done that. I'm not really well traveled other than like 3D events. So I'm yeah. well I'm well traveled in the U.S. but not like I've only left the country like three or four times and the last two were yeah for 3d things and yeah you went down to australia as well how was that 
Yeah, I went to Australia last year. It was awesome. Yeah. Uh, yeah, shout out to Jacob, the JPS fam over there. Um, well, and then I guess we should say, like, shout out to Lawrence and Luke and the SBS. Like, that's oh, the fam, SBS too. Guys, yeah. Awesome. Yeah, they're great. Um, yeah, they've been doing a lot of good work over here. So they, they keep plugging away as well. So they've got, they obviously, their podcast that I'm thinking, because it, it's quite funny looking at the podcast of people who uh, you obviously share your listeners with or at the bottom. Yeah. And basically, as is listed off as like Teambox, like Revive Stronger, 3DMJ, SBS, and then it's <laughs> all that kind of stuff. Kind of just all links together. It's quite nice. So yeah. it's nice to see what we've got some, uh, I want to go smart listeners, basically. So. Um, uh, so in terms of, yeah, food again, gym food, what we're looking at, um, basically a lot of our, our discussions are all around food. Would you have I mean, pre, what, great. like pre-workout, post-workout, what would you say your number one things are? Um, because I appreciate robotic things, I eat the same thing every fucking day before I go train. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm like real, like, uh, I like routine and stuff. So, all right, and this isn't, like, I could, it's one of two things for, for the main part of my breakfast, because I, I like to wake up, eat, and then go train. Cool. Um, and I eat a shit ton for breakfast. So either three scrambled eggs with, I cut up corn tortillas. Nice. Not, like, in it, and I sprinkle them in there, and uh, fat-free cheese, and it's like this big-ass plate of, of deliciousness, <laughs> um, followed by a Cliff Bar and this almond uh, was it Nature Valley? Like I have like two bars every morning after okay. I do this too. A Cliff Bar and then like the Nature's Valley or something has Nature these Valley, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. protein bar. It's like ten grams or whatever. But in addition <laughs> to other shit, super good. So like, oh, that's that's my, it's either that or those that egg actually cooking eggs is replaced with. Jimmy Dean has these breakfast bowls that are like the same thing. It's like turkey, sausage, egg white, and cheese, and potatoes. Cool. But basically, an egg dish, couple bars. Then I get ready. Then I gym. Um, and then the next two meals are like, they can go in and out a couple good feedings of protein, probably a good hundred to 200 grams of carbs. And then at night, my dinner is always the same. And it's like a real boring, like turkey and avocado and cheese. Like it's nothing, but like all the fun stuff's in the middle. And that usually is my boyfriend and I doing the torchies tacos, or <laughs> I might make a sandwich or something here, but, um, yeah, I'm kind of boring, but the, the beginning day is always the same. And then while I train, um, I always have like a, my go-tos. If I if I don't feel like I have a big enough day to like be sipping Gatorade the whole time, yeah, I always just have like a few Starbursts just in case because you never know a little bit cool. of sugar. But um, yeah, that's like my yeah, it's like an eight or eight hundred thousand calorie breakfast or something <laughs> like, like five foot two girl. But then like by the time I'm done training, I'm starving again. So Decent. yeah. So in terms of, uh, so you, you mentioned kind of two, I don't know whether I class those two as protein bars. No, they're if, not. They're, they're bars. No, they're no, bars. I don't do, after I train, I like to get a good like 30 to 40 gram of protein dose, but it may, it sits too heavy in my tummy. Um, well, in terms of protein bars or protein shakes? If I have like, oh, I don't do shakes at all. No. Those, I don't, I can't do too much liquid. Okay. I don't know. Until after, like when I'm actually like done my conditioning circus, like I'm breathing hard, I'm like, now I can chug this whole gallon <laughs> or two. But yeah, I have to be real careful. Like I need a lot of calories to get through my training and feel good, but at the same time, I can't be full. Yeah, Does that make yeah. sense? I, I, like I, volume yeah. full or like too much shit in my stomach. Yeah. So yeah, like that's why the cliff bars, because there's like little dents, little yeah, things. That's, that's um, right, yeah. 
Yeah. And then the almonds are so, like the almond bars are just delicious. And I'm like, if I, if I had the Jimmy Dean bowl, this is so stupid. This is how <laughs> obsessive I get. I'm like, if I have eggs in the cliff bar, I'm set. But if I have that egg white bowl, I'm like, well, I obviously need fat. And like, these <laughs> so I'm going to have this other like nutty protein or it says protein, but we know better. Well, Isn't that stupid that things can put protein it's, bar it's, on the label when it's like eight grams? And you're like, seriously? I like, think there should be a rule. You need 20 grams or you can't <laughs> put the word protein on your thing. Because, yeah, there's an influx of it um, recently. It's like it's happened a lot in cereal over here. It's just like <laughs> Weetabix. And you're like, protein Weetabix, there's six grams per 100 grams. Six grams in 100 grams. It's like, Isn't fuck that crazy? Off. It's not. Just <laughs> like drink more milk. Fuck off. Like, yeah, it's fine. yeah. So the breakfast, <laughs> the breakfast has like 40 grams of protein, but it's because it's like 20 in eggs, 10 in this cliff bar, 10 in this little protein or whatever. But like, uh, it's really, it's like, yeah, like 100 carbs before I go train or something like that. All adds up. That's cool. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, final question. Um, something okay. that for people kind of we got i'd say probably a third maybe half of our audience are probably coaches of some sort um so who are the big guys obviously you've mentioned the 3dmj guys you can obviously shout out to them who are the who are the guys that you follow that you think people should go and look at who who kind of inspires you and you look at their work a lot okay so this is gonna be controversial not really (laughs) but it's, it's not i don't Okay, so I speak with, because I speak with my guys, right, and they include Eric Helms, who is actually assigned our research and director, our research and development guy, R&D guy. Like he, uh, through our team meetings that we have every couple weeks, we actually do a review of the things that he's written about, found, or um, what's in mass or whatever that's actually pertinent to our coaching practice, or that he thinks like, hey, we should be paying attention to this as coaches in this industry. Cool. so between that and the podcast, I really don't personally look out elsewhere because I feel like, again, there's other things that contribute to me being a better coach, like studying people and um, actually doing the coaching, <laughs> you know. And then, um, oh, I don't actively look for it. Like, I, there's just people that I, I think are talking about interesting things in, in humans, not so much like for bodybuilding coaching. Yeah, but sure. I think that that's valuable and that's what a lot of people miss, like – um. One of my favorites is Eric Cressy. Yeah, amazing. Um, yeah. yeah, Tony Gentlecore is another one. Um, and then for just like, um, it's funny that the five podcasts that you mentioned that are all related, like I think those are all my friends and I follow them on Instagram. So I like kind of seeing what they're talking about, you know? For sure. Um, so I think those, I don't like seek them, but they're always like, oh, so-and-so's doing this with so-and-so. And like, it keeps me up to date on that. Yeah. Um, and then I just read a shit ton of books about people um as far as like what's helped me coaching wise um something that's helped me understand like different types of people is quiet by susan kane it's actually about like introverts but it's, i i kind of saw it as like um how do i get things what do i need as a coach out of different people who might not be so forthcoming or know what i need so it kind of helped me there um i'm trying to think of other like people books that have really helped me I know I'm like looking at my show. Uh, <laughs> oh, the willpower instinct. I think it's a good one. That's by Kelly McGonigal. Um, uh, I don't know. There's oh, I think it's a decent enough list. You've listed off about yeah. the champion's mind is a good one. <laughs> Jim Affemra. Okay, cool. The champion's mind is a good one. Um, and then there's like coaches books 
those are so good. Like, uh, like NBA coaches, NFL coaches. Like, if you can read biographies and autobiographies nice. about, like, some of the great coaches it, that have nothing to do with bodybuilding. Yeah. But I think if you are a coach and a practitioner, like, the way that they deal with their athletes is phenomenal. Um, Relentless is a good one by Tim Grover. Uh, the book uh, Win Forever by Pete Carroll, who's an American football coach. Yeah. Um, there's a book, Shit, by Bill Walsh that's really great. So there's shit like that. That's where I look for all different things. That's cool. Know. We have similar kind of ethos. Like uh, there's there's a couple of guys. I can't remember the, the psychologist, that, but he's worked with literally – England football, Liverpool, all these other guys that are basically in terms of psychological programming and how to go through. I can't remember his name, um, but we've had Sir Clive Woodward as well. It's a massive book in terms of people just coaching. He was a rugby guy, so he did. England won the Rugby World Cup in like 2003, and he basically we were shit, but we still won. It was just going for it. So. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's right. Yeah, I feel like everyone just looks for like blog posts and videos when it's like there's so much. There's, there's so, so many more stuff. places. Yeah. To look for, ah, uh, shit, hold up, wait for it. There was this one, other than the champion's mind, that I thought was pretty good, and it's going to bother you. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Okay, uh, How Champions Think, yeah, by Rob Rotella. It was a cool one. And then Understanding People. This was the other one. It was Mind Wise by Nicholas Epley is another one of, like, just understanding other people. But I'm going to shut up now. It's all gone. <laughs> Perfect. All right. Um, so I think we'll wrap that show now. Okay. okay. Thank you very much for for coming on, Andrea. Um, basically, for anybody who uh, doesn't know where to find you, where do you, and obviously this is really hard because putting this together, Andrea has three Instagram accounts. So we, I know. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'll tell you where to go though. Can I do that? Okay. Go. Okay. Yeah. So. Um, for your listeners, I think 3dmusclejourney.com is the best place to go. Absolutely. Because that will, uh, it's all of our podcasts, all of our articles, links you to the vaults, which is those video courses. And then if you want to learn about me, scroll down and you can see about all five of those coaches. Yeah. Um, I am at, I am Andrea Valdez on Instagram and Twitter. It's, it goes to both. <laughs> and then from there, you can look outward if you yeah. would like. Cool. Um, yeah. Perfect. Obviously, we'll post out about that. If you follow us, then both my dad, myself and Dan and Team Box or whatever, will post about this show. And yeah. Yeah. Oh, sorry. I guess the other Instagram account, AV underscore 3DMJ. That's like 3DMJ things. 3DMJ one's cool. Which is where I will totally tell people about this. <laughs> I will. Perfect. Awesome. Well, thank you very much for coming on and uh, enjoy the rest of your day in sunny Texas. <laughs> I'm totally jealous. <laughs> so sorry. So. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks for having All me. Right.